Welcome back in to Across the State Line. I'm Cameron, as always, with Andrew, producer Ross. Yeah, that's me, that's me. What's up? How you guys doing today? I am doing fantastic. It is a beautiful day here in Kansas. Cam, I can tell you're taking this loss pretty hard. That was a pretty depressing tone you took to start this episode. You said you don't be sad. too hyped, so I did not be too hyped. <laughs> we lost two in a row at home. There's nothing to be hyped about. That's all I'm saying. There's so much to be hyped about because Kansas football is headed to Austin, Texas this week for the showdown of the century. What is that? Is that the Blue River showdown? <laughs> <laughs> the Blue River rivalry. All right. Real question. I'm hearing. Why is it the Red River Showdown, not the Red River Rivalry? You know, I looked it up. Because RRR is too redundant. It's a little, a little, a literousness. <laughs> Those are definitely words. I'm an English major. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a in- engineer. Something like that. I'm a banking and finance major. Once again, if you haven't heard the last three episodes, Ross is a dropout. <laughs> All right. And we give a Drop out to make the stop out. That doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> Back to sports. <laughs> Just rhyme. That's literally all that. That's all that was. Back That's to sports. Back about. to sports. Um, Ross actually made his first ever trip to a Chiefs game at Arrowhead this weekend on Sunday. Um, Ross, tell us a little bit about your experience. First time ever going to a Chiefs game. You know, I had a blast. Um, tailgate was a fantastic. Um, what time did we get there? We got there at right when the gates opened at 7 o'clock. That's true. How many beers you pound? I pounded, I pounded. He didn't pound any. I pounded three, and then I let, shotgun. Let the record show that Sunday was officially my first beer before eight a.m. So yeah, no, I, I had it cracked. I put it on my Snapchat story. <laughs> I know none of you guys probably have me on Snapchat. But. I think mine said like seven twenty-six a.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I put I put it on my Snapchat story. Said it just tastes better before seven thirty, <laughs> and the put the little timestamp said seven twenty-six. Hey, I was responsible. I had a monster before I had my first beer, so we're good. <laughs> I had a coffee after my fourth. Mom, if razor. you're listening, I I did I did. I had food, too, before I drank my first beer. Yeah, sodas. <laughs> I had half a bag of kettle chips. Right on. No, it was a fun tailgate, though. It was, what about, it was what about the actual game itself? Like, you've been to high school games and KU games. So, like, yeah, uh, what was the comparison? The atmosphere is ridiculous. It's 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 so much better compared to a high school or, or KU football game. Um, just, just everybody there is, like... Like we walked, we walked in right when the gates opened at what, like eleven ten maybe ish, ten minutes before after the gates opened. Something like that. And I, we went and looked at the trophy, and then we we were going up to our seat, and I looked out, and it's just a it's just a sea of red. It was beautiful. Yeah, well, that's because the seats in Arrowhead are red. It's kind of yeah. surreal, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Just it, like how big it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it 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 was it was a lot of fun. I had, I had a great time. I mean, we walk out, and Pat Mahomes is yeah, exactly. throwing warm up passes was, to the yeah. end zone. Right. We there. walked out right in the middle of the field, or not in the middle of the field, but like right. Or our section was we walked out and it was like the middle of the field is the middle of the uprights yeah, yeah in the end zone yeah it was it was it was such a surreal how, moment in my life how did it compare to Allen Fieldhouse uh, it was bigger well <laughs> atmosphere wise outdoors atmosphere wise um, I would say 
is definitely louder. Um, I don't know. I. You think so? Just, just a little bit. Okay. Um, I know that, like, technically, Andrew's looking because our door just, like, moved a little bit. Is the door open? I don't think so. Yeah, it is. This is all staying in the episode. I'm not taking this out. This is great. Great radio. All right, well, producer Ross, who was in the middle of a point and conversation. Uh, who cares? Um, I think he was saying that it was definitely louder in Arrowhead, which I know technically is louder there because it's like 142 decibels versus KU's like 135. But at the same time, like. Andy rallies. Um, but yeah. Um, I think okay. I, I wasn't saying. Like, it's. Keep going. Keep going. Keep I going. focused on the door. I've been a Chiefs fan, you know, I've been a Chiefs fan for a while, but I've been a KU basketball fan my entire life. So. Uh, I would say I enjoy Allen Fields more, but Arrowhead is very close. It's a very close second. It's a very different vibe. Yeah, it, I, very, it I, is. Yeah, I will say, that, like honestly, of the last, well, of the last Chiefs games I can remember going to, that was the weakest atmosphere out of any of them. Yeah, kind of like by far. Mm, and the cold one like, was way worse. You know, I feel like it would have been ten. No, times I better. thought it was way more pumped up. For I Sunday feel like night. it would have been ten times better if we won. I. I think part I meant, of why I'm like, saying that is because that pregame, pregame was eh, but we started out with a quick lead and a big quick lead, and it was going crazy. I mean, you get your the insane Tyreek Hill touchdown, and then immediately turn around with a one play Frank Clark strip, and then recover. I mean, I will say like that it was nuts at that point. I don't think it was ever that loud during the Colts. I game. see. I will. I will say. Um, I've been to a lot of KU basketball games. And I've lost my voice maybe a compare like a combined like two times, but my first Chiefs game, I lost my voice. Within the first quarter, so I mean, how much of that a, was from singing country music during the tailgate, though? Uh, I'd probably say about ninety-five percent. To be fair, I was play, I was DJing the tailgate and I played country music for like fifteen minutes, but that might have been the most lit part. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. We also Cam and I also did come back, or not Cam and I, Andrew did, and I came back in cornhole about one. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we a, still lost. Played a crazy game of cornhole. Me stupid. and my uh, me and my guy that I have tickets with, we won. So, there's your weekly update on the cornhole tournament and our season ticket memberness and our first guest producer Russ. All right. You so, want, do you want to talk about the actual stuff now? The substance of the game: the Chiefs lost to the Texans, who are a very good football team from the AFC South. So are the Colts, thirty-one to twenty-four, two in a row at Arrowhead. They are one and two in Arrowhead. How do you guys feel? Defense is exactly. very, very under. Okay, below like just average. just one to ten. How how alarmed are we right now about the overall you know, perspective a, of this team? I was at a five last week. I am at a eight now. I'm at a nine. Okay, and that's probably both for you, like in terms of winning the Super Bowl, because that's the goal of the Chiefs season. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go like a seven. Like I, I, you're I, a seven. Right now, I'm sitting here thinking if you're gonna win the Super Bowl, you're doing it as a wild card on the road the entire way. The, there's two things. It's hopefully injuries. You know, like Chris Jones is supposed – well, it's looking like Chris Jones might be back. We'll get into this. Chris Jones might be back against Green Bay at home. Probably – like definitely not going to happen this week, Thursday night. Um, so getting a little bit healthier, Eric Fisher coming back, LDT, all that. And then also uh, the fact that like the – just the NFL as a whole – doesn't seem to have like a legit Super Bowl contender and like you want to point directly to the Patriots but at the same time it's like their test has been the Bills and they beat them by a touchdown it's like when when Josh Allen got hurt in the second half I get that but they're not slipping by bad teams they're destroying bad sure sure and like no I don't mean to discount the Patriots but I, I just mean to say that I think that there is like 
six or eight teams that are legitimately in that Super Bowl bubble, which we'll also talk about later. But, you know, normally it feels like there's two or three that it's like, okay, duh, these teams are going to win the Super Bowl. Like it was, to me last year, it was the Rams, Saints, and the Patriots, and then the Chiefs exceeded my expectations even last year. But I feel like there's a lot more parity in the league this year. So, um, you know, that's the only reason I'm kind of not at an eight or nine right now. The run defense is like, I'm at a 10. Um, and and I think you're ridiculous if you're not at a 10 right now with the run defense. Um, but anyway, I think the Chiefs are still very much in the thick of this. Um, it's hard not to like super panic about a four and two start when, you know, my expectations for them to go 14 to two. So it's like, they, they, you know, they still have 10 games left. But we will see what happens. But I don't know. This game just kind of was reminiscent of an Alex Smith era, don't you think? Yeah, I would agree. It was um, just, yeah. The, I mean, the last two far. weeks, really. It's just kind of like – it just it was kind of mediocrity it's com- everywhere. It's competitive, but it's not competitive enough. It's still like – Well – Like the entire time, I – Good enough to win you – Colts, I never felt spot. confident. Even though it was like a one-position game, most of the game, I never felt good about it. And this one was like back and forth a little bit, but by the end, I was like eight minutes left. It's not happening. And I've never felt that with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. Like eight minutes left, they got the ball two more times. I never felt like they this, could do it. This was my first week of that. I think the Colts game, I was like, I was like, still, man, like, like I knew Pat wasn't playing bad. You know, he just had no help up front and no help on the defensive side of the ball in that game. I'm like, they scored 19 points. I'm like, at no point in that game until it was like actually over with what, two minutes left or whatever. That was the first time I was like, wow. Pat Mahomes really can't carry us back on this one. So, I don't know. It just seemed like like good, but the word I use a lot is pretenders. You know, there's a lot of pretenders in this league. There's a lot of teams that are going to make the playoffs and that are going to go, but they're absolutely not going to go into Foxborough and beat New England in January. You know, and that's just the way it is. And that was absolutely a pretender team on Sunday. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know. You could argue it was a bottom half playoff team, but um, with the way that the uh, AFC West is looking right now. The Chiefs might be fine with that performance, but we'll see. Um, so, talking about the defense, obviously, they have not been able to stop the run. Let me just give you the defensive rankings real quick. They are 27th in total yards, 31st in rushing yards, which is second worst, obviously, only to the Dolphins, who are 0-6. 21st in points, 23rd in passing yards. So, in no category are they in the top half of the league. Um, I believe they are probably the only Super Bowl contender where that is true. Um, of the teams that I would consider Super Bowl tenders, contenders. Um, but bottom line is like the rush defense is bad, 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 bad. They are 31st, second only to the Miami Dolphins, who literally can't do anything this year. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's like the fifth week in a row. Look, the run defense is bad. Like we, like we can excuse away on Johnson. We can excuse away Marlon Mack. This is a dude that we cut. Like two months ago, Carlos Hyde. He wasn't the fi- he wasn't the fourth best running back on this team, a team that doesn't ever run the ball. I okay. I'm trying to figure out how to word this without angering everyone. Um, with this game, the Texans scoring 31 isn't a big deal to me at all. We know what the Chiefs' defense is, even coming into the year. With all these questions about the secondary, and are they going to give up 800 passing yards a game again? And I mean, obviously, we didn't know the run defense was going to be this bad. But 31 points for the Texans isn't crazy. They put up 53 the week before. This is what we need to be used to. The difference is, the offense has been able to put up more. We gave up 30 points, what, nine times last year? Ten times? 
We just scored more. But the offense has not been able to keep up. Like, I'm not surprised at all by the Texans putting up 31. In fact, I'm surprised that's all they put up. They, they should have put up more with uh, Will Fuller dropping three touchdown passes. They had, and Will Fuller Hopkins. dropped multiple touchdown passes. They had three turnovers. They missed a field goal. They were gifting the offense possessions and chances to do anything. And the offense could not move the ball and could not score. And I'm not putting that on Patrick. But it's not all on the defense, in my opinion. Like... The no, defense, no loss the is defense, all on any unit. The defense worries me, but the defense isn't what has me at a nine in worry right now. It's the offense. Okay, so should we talk about the defense first or the offense first then? I think 100% the defense is a problem because the opposing uh, the opponents are on the field for almost three quarters a game right now for the season average. They were on the field for 39 minutes on Sunday. That That is three quarters. There's three quarters of the football game. That's, I mean, when you factor in uh, social teams. So, I, I I mean, there's there's no excusing it away. Like, when you go back and look at the film, these guys up front are getting their butts whooped. So, what happens, you and I were talking about this earlier, Ross. The So, basically what happens is the O-linemen only have to, like, defend one guy because they're not getting beat. So, those guys that don't have to help out the initial coverage up front can slip into the secondary and block a linebacker, right? And that's how the Chiefs end up, you know, averaging five and a half yards uh, per carry for the season right now, giving up on the run. So, right, so you give up five yards and you give up five yards and you don't even have to worry about third down defense because you already gave it up you on two runs. You don't, you don't even worry about passing when you're, okay, when you're averaging five the, and a half the yards time, The time of possession was lopsided last year too, but it was just because the offense was scoring so fast, not because they were going three and out. The defensive line was better last year too. They were better, but the time of possession was still extremely, extremely lopsided. Well, yeah, that that point too, and, and um, defenses differences. Di- the offense isn't but, scoring, but, de- but, but, but anywhere but near defense, a pace they did last defenses, year. Defenses, defenses didn't know we had an MVP caliber quarterback. But okay, they year. did by week eleven and week twelve. My point to this: the Green Bay Packers just won a hell of a football game. We'll talk about the refs in a second. Perfect. They won a hell of a football game. How many did they score? 23. They had a gritty performance where they didn't go out and score everything, but guess what? Their defense actually stepped up on occasion, and their offense made the plays when they needed to. You can't be expected in this league to score 40 points every week or 30 points every week. They they had the third most points in NFL history last year, and they still lost four games and a playoff game at home. I know. I know. Because of the defense. But Every single one of those because of the defense. We did so much riding on this offense being able to do that. That's part of why everyone thought this was a Super Bowl contender team is because the offense was going to be able to put up 45 every week. That was what the strength of this team was. We were riding on the defense getting better. That's that's why you trade the guy who led the NFL in sacks last and year. And they're hurt. And the defense is, is hurt too. Yep. And that doesn't so help. The offense, and yeah. you look at the two worst run defense games has been the last two games against the Colts and the Texans mm-hmm. when they were hurt. The run, the run defense wasn't this bad weeks one, two, three. I'm going to chalk that up to injuries just as much as I'll chalk up the offense struggles to injuries also. You lost Sammy Watkins. You didn't have Tyreek Hill until this week. The line is decimated right now, which is giving your MVP magician quarterback no time to work. If we're, if we're, I just caught a fly out of midair. If we're, if we're as injured as we were last week and the week before, we're going to get absolutely murdered by Philip Lindsay. Hmm. We played some average running backs. 
Philip Lindsay, in my opinion, is a top ten running back. <sighs> top ten is. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a top ten, but well, he did. top ten doesn't mean murder to me. Uh, That's why you have three wins in, in fantasy football, Ross. Huh? Because you put all your stock in Philip yeah. Lindsay. Well, he's, <laughs> he said he, that's why you have three fantasy football. <laughs> I'm three and three, brother. No, it's solid. He's not Dalvin Cook, who you traded for, though. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 not let's not overrate him. Okay. Like bottom line is, it's like it's Carlos freaking Hyde, the yeah. fifth best running back in Chiefs camp, arguably the sixth. You know, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. He was a guy playing in the fourth quarter of the fourth preseason game. All right, and he just rushed for 125 yards against us. It so, was a revenge game. It was a revenge game for the three months that he, he was, was here. He was hungry. Yeah. All right, so we've obviously gone back and forth about what the real problem is here. I, I unequivocally think it's the defense, but totally agree that the offense can be better. But we're agreeing on the point that the team simply needs to get healthier. Yeah. And it sounds like it will. Like I said, Chris Jones, my hope would be the Packers game. Yeah. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted something about like it not being a serious injury. He actually said it was a serious, but then like it was – he kind of said the wrong thing anyway. So like he doesn't, it's a, it's a groin injury, but he doesn't have to have that core muscle surgery that Eric Fisher had to have to yeah. repair that. So we'll see. And sometimes I get groin injuries when I sit down too fast, you know? Yeah. Then we on. So, uh, the O-line, same thing. LDT. I don't know. Have you guys seen an update on LDT? I know Eric Fisher is obviously recovering from surgery. I know L- LDT played on Sunday. He had one penalty on him at least. Right. I mean, but he, I, I don't think he looked completely healthy. I don't know. No. No, he, he wasn't a shining star in that game. No, no, only, but you know there was no offensive lineman that looked good. The best sign that like an O lineman is playing good is that you don't hear his name, right? And like we hear Cam Irving's name all the freaking time, and like for the first time, like I can remember, I heard Mitch, Mitchell Schwartz's name. But yeah. like, give him some credit. He was trying to block JJ Watt, and he held him. He was like, "Yeah, I take credit for that. I held him. Whatever, no big deal." Yeah, but oh my god, my section was just roasting Cam Irving to death. Mm-hmm. For about 10 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys finally uh, said something else. He's like, this is why you never sign someone named Cam. And like, that's why everybody calls me. Boom roasted. And so the guy I sit with at the game was like, was like, but but his name's Cam. And they all turned and started booing me for like 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then they moved on from it because I'm, I'm, I'm a jolly good person. But, but so finishing up the injury talk. Moment. Tyreek Hill yeah. was back. Yeah. Um, and he only, I saw he, because I was looking at my fantasy team, I think he, they said he played like 47% of the snaps. So he like definitely like, they, they weren't treating him like he was 100%, but at the same time when he was out there, he sure looked like he was 100%. What, what I noticed was he would be out there until he made a play. Yeah, because he'd he be took, winded because he just ran 60 yards well, out yeah, of the field. But even if it was a eight-yard little hitch route that was just targeted to him, even if he didn't hold on to it, he immediately went out. Yeah. He'd run around until he got the ball thrown to him, and then he'd go out for a play. Any kind of contact, and then get yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, after the game, he said to stay with us. You know, he I heard him on the radio. He was just like, you know, don't write us off. We got one of the best O-lines in the league. We got the best quarterback in the league. We got one of the best receiving groups in the league. We got the best tight end in the league. We're going to be all right. We're going to score some points. We're going to get healthier, and we're going to score some points. And he did recognize that, you know, a lot of guys aren't doing their jobs right now. But um, – I feel like there's obviously room for improvement with this offense as is, and then the fact that they are going to be getting healthier on the left side of the line makes me makes me feel all right. But, you know, they are going to face good pass rushes, and there are going to be days where the offensive line just plays bad anyway, even if they are healthy, like I, I think of the Rams game. But, you know, hopefully you get Sammy Watkins back this week. He practiced limited on Monday. I don't know what he did today, but 
True. He comes back. Hopefully, we have guys that can get open against that man coverage that everybody's been playing. They played a lot of man again on Sunday. They did. Seemed like I it. also noticed that um, we were playing nothing but zone, and they were testing us to switch to man. They were begging for us to try but and stop them with man because they, they didn't were really destroying the zone for like. A but they good, didn't burn it. You know what I they mean? They didn't burn it, but. I mean, there was took, no D hop 40 yarder like I expected. No, there weren't any deep plays, but there were just little crossing routes over the middle that they were just finding the perfect gaps in the zone. And, and that's annoying when you're starting at second and four because you had a six yard first down run. They were begging us to go to man so they could try and go deep to Fuller yep. or Hopkins. Yep. They were begging for it. And that, that, that's coaching. Us. That's because coaching, in my opinion. We don't have a linebacker. Yeah, I mean, the the personnel on this team sucks. Honestly, like they, like okay, they announced Ben Neiman in the starting lineups. I mean, Ben Neiman's kind of a beast, but like he's absolutely should be like the fourth string linebacker on this team. He, sh- he should be a special teams guy. Sure, I, I don't disagree. Like he's not a starting linebacker yeah. on an NFL team, but like going back to like the atmosphere, part of why I think the atmosphere kind of sucked a little bit this week is because it wasn't the offensive starters; it was the defensive starters, and it was like. Wow, he's like a third string. He's a third yeah, string. He's yeah. a third string. Oh, Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. Cool. Could you imagine if it was the offensive starters and it went Travis Kelsey? Could you imagine? Yeah. Hill. And then Tyreek Hill's return and then Mahomes. How, how much cooler would that have been? Yeah. I would, it also would have been cooler. That would have probably experienced up like at least 10 notches there. It also would have been way cooler. If they were still allowed to shoot giant fireballs in the sky. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tennessee. That's the truth. Yeah. Shout out the Titans. For us, once again, <laughs> ruining the NFL. Not all of us. They always shout out Marcus Mariota for getting benched mid-game. How about Did that? Did he actually? Yeah. I mean, they got Ryan Tannehill, who I probably would have started anyway, but. Oh, no, I'm taking Marcus Mariota over Ryan Tannehill any day of the week. Did yeah, you see Marcus, what he did in college? He, did you see how good he Marcus was in college? Marcus Mariota catches his own passes. That's what I was just going to say. Not not just his own passes, his own touchdown passes. Exactly. Okay. In he playoff is, games. He is the, the best quarterback, quarterback I've ever seen in my life at drawing Ford's progress calls. Drawing, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's not get into that, please. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like the most miserable I've ever been as a sports fan. All right, All right. So when is Sammy Watkins coming back? Hopefully this week in a limited fashion, but I would bet on Green Bay. Okay. So Green Bay, we're going to be it's health, just, healthier. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to be like pretty much full strength, barring anything serious on Thursday. Go for it. I have a question. Yeah. Do you think that when the Packers come to Kansas City and it's a primetime game, they're going to wear freaking red on red again? Yeah. Retire it for the rest of the season, please. You can bring it back next year, but this year, I don't want to see it again. Because they lost one game? Yeah. Because they couldn't stop the run? Because they really don't win a lot in it. They really, it hasn't been very successful. Mm. I don't think injuries I just, apply. I just, give, me, give me like red, red, white under the lights, you know? I haven't seen it in so long. I know that's like all they did for like sixty something years or whatever, however long that like this franchise has been around, even including when they were in that one state that is in, not in Kansas. It's sixty years, and including the inception of the Dallas Texans. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's the sixtieth season mm-hmm. anniversary. Yeah. Thing. yeah. See the flag that's like over my right shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I just like <laughs> I guessed and just completely forgot they've been doing this whole big thing all year. <laughs> Remember crucial, the gold end Crucial catch. I did. <laughs> crucial catch. I do remember the Golden Suns. I think it's time to bring the Golden Suns back. Hey, I actually Honestly. looked it up, right? The Red River rivalry on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Cotton Bowl. That was the first home of the Dallas Texans. Okay. Or the now Kansas City Chiefs. That's cool. Kind of cool. Yeah, and now it's used once a year. Yeah. For well, a twice a year, game. there's a hockey game there this year. There's... Ooh, what? That's not a real sport. Um, just please retire. LGB. I, 
Okay, at least just against the Packers, I just want to see the regular red, Play red, Gloria. white jerseys. And if we win in those, then the red, red, reds never come back because we've got nine primetime games. Hey, Alexa, Play Gloria. All right, so back to the injuries. Uh, another one you can add to the list this week is Kendall Fuller. Yep. Obviously, starting slot corner. He, uh, They said he has a minor fracture in his thumb, but I remember. Uh, do you remember what part of the year that was, Cam, that he had the cast on? He had like that was at the end of the season because he had an interception. He had in the, the pick. Char- he had an interception it was a charge. in the Chargers uh, game. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he's like falling out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was one of the plays of the year for the Chiefs. I think defense. it was all the way through the end of the season. I think he had the cast on in the Patriots game too. Yeah, yeah, he did. So I don't know, like a corner having his it's, thumb it's hurt. The that's same not injury. the end of the world. It's the same injury. Yeah, he just re-injured it. That's not the end of the world. No. I, I think he had surgery on it over the off season though. He did. So okay. Anyway, and then we talked about Watkins already. So. That's kind of all I have about this game. There's one more little, like, there's one more play, uh, but it gets into a larger conversation about referees in the NFL right now. This has been the subject of the national media sports talk of the week so far. So um, the play, Ross and I were going ballistic about it in the stands. Oh, I was too. Yeah, it, w- it was the, like, I mean, I booed for like five minutes after this. The It was the play to... Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you you know what play I'm talking about. But it's a play where Pat threw his first interception of the year because he was trying to draw attention to that side of the field because Travis Kelsey got interfered with or held with or something on that play, right? And so they originally called pass interference, but then they like they actually made that call on the field, which I've never seen this happen where they made the call and then they reversed the call without reviewing it. But so they made the call on the field and then they decided talked with each other for about a minute and a half. It was this weird delay. And then they decided because the ball wasn't catchable, there's no foul on the play. And then they show the replay, and he, Travis Kelsey straight up gets drugged to the ground. So it's at least a holding. It's Well, I mean, it's 100% a holding, right? But so I'm wondering, like, what the process is. If you call something on the field and then you call it back, surely there's no excuse for that. If you make the call without reviewing it, I don't think that there's precedent for that. But there, was a, there was a guy in the ref's ear that told him. Yeah, I mean, clearly. Penalty. And I mean, it's on it's video, not, and it's, it's not, not. It's not, it's a, not rev- a conspiracy. <laughs> it's not a reviewable play. There should be no. absolutely nobody talking to the ref. Not in the NFL. And it they said the reason they changed the call on the field from a pass interference to a holding, but then said it can't be holding because the person held was held when the ball was in the air, and it wasn't targeted to him. But that's just hold, making it up. The hold was never the call, right? And Pat said. He threw it there because that's where Kelsey Kelsey was supposed to be in that area, and he wasn't because he watched him get held. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. it, it's just at a level of incompetence that I haven't really seen in sports. I mean, I was actually thinking about it earlier. The uh, Yankees and the Astros, game three of the ALCS, had a, like a delay because the home plate umpire got a foul ball straight to his mask, and he left in between innings for a concussion, and they had like actually a 30-minute delay because they had to have somebody else suit up and be the home plate umpire. And – uh I was thinking about like just like how much better. Granted, it's a totally different game. It's not as fast paced. Every tiny little play doesn't mean as much. But how much better like Major League Baseball officiating is compared to NFL and and other sports compared to that as well. Like the NHL doesn't, you know, NHL officials don't cost, you know, important crucial games. And NFL officials do it regularly. And they did it again on Monday night, I think. It was the the Lions and the yeah, you can play that in a sec. The Lions, and we'll set it up. This is what sets this up. Dan Orvlowski was talking on first take this morning about this, um, about ruining the product that the NFL is putting out right now. The uh, 
Packers won the game 23-22. They went down, scored a field goal. They ran the timeout. There was this egregious um, illegal hands-to-the-face call on a Lions defensive end. It was actually the second one of the game that was ridiculous. And basically, he's just going up, and he just absolutely beats his guy, beats the Packers lineman, and is just pushing his shoulder pads back because he's beating him so bad. And because he was pushed back like that, the referees threw in illegal hands-to-the-face. The result of that play, if it stood as it was, would have been like a fourth and seven for the Packers from like the 46-yard line for Mason Crosby, and he's been kind of up and down this year. So that's no guarantee of that 47 right still. At, at least the Lions would have gotten the ball back with like two minutes left. They would have at least gotten a shot, and they yeah. got absolutely no shot to possess the ball. So here's what Dan Roblowski said. Owners, I'm talking to you. You don't have a problem. You have an epidemic. Your product is slowly being ruined by a third party that has no consequence to their actions. And you may not pay a lot of attention to social media, but you should. Because not thousands of people, not tens of thousands of people, but millions of people are unhappy right now. And unhappy people don't spend money. America's favorite sport at times is becoming unwatchable because of bad officiating. And it's not an October 2020 fix. It's not a 2020 fix. It's an October 15th. 2019 morning fix. Your product is being ruined. You need to fix this now. That's the reality of this situation. We can no longer come on shows after a really good football game and have to talk about the bad officiating. The Detroit Lions fans and team should not have to go, oh, we should have played better. We, we grew up, it wasn't about, we used to always have coaches tell us, Ah, don't let the officials, they don't impact the football game. They're impacting too many football games. And I'm telling you, fans are sick of it. What is... So there you go. So the bottom line is that, like, officials are just impacting too many games. There was another one. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was a pass interference or something in the, the London game uh, between the Bucks and the Panthers. So I don't know. It's just... it's it. I mean, doesn't it seem like it's impacting too many games? There, I mean, like, we can go back to it in the freaking AFC Championship game, the... You know the Chris Jones, the play on Chris Jones, the roughing the passer, or yeah. whatever it was, and I, um, the Rams Saints NFC Championship. It's yeah. just it's all over the place. I uh, I saw something earlier today when I was on Twitter, and it, it that that call costed the Lions. It was either if that call didn't wasn't called, it would have been the Lions. If the Lions would have won, they would have been first in whatever division they're yeah. in. But NFC now, North. but yeah, but that that call cast costed them a last place. Um, yeah, they would last have been in position. first place in the division, and now they're in last place. With a huge yeah. win at Lambeau yeah, against exactly. my yeah. NFC, my well, pick to win the NFC. And uh, just a momentum builder going on to the next game. Just mm-hmm. you, beat, you beat a green, a good Green Bay Packers team at home. That, in my opinion, that is that that'll, that'll get you going it's just, for the rest it's, of the season. This league is set up so that every game has so much importance to it, and every play has so much importance to it. So when there's three or four or five bad calls per game, it's inexcusable, you know? Like, you just go out there and you make the right play and or make the right call. And the bottom line is that, like, you know, I mean, they just try too hard. And it's like every time they try to institute a new rule to hold the officials accountable, they end up misconstruing it and, doing, you know, using it to make the league worse somehow. This new pass interference has resulted in a skyrocket in the amount of offensive pass interference calls, right? Because, like, this whole league has shifted towards an offensive league where we only call fouls on the defensive backs and yada, 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 right? And so if you're going to call them both ways, that's fine. 
but you need to make that consistent throughout the whole history of football. You can't just make things up as new things are implemented because teams build their team, build their rosters around the rules as they are. And if you change them in the middle of the season, there's nothing that teams can do about it. And teams like the Detroit Lions lose games because of it. And you see, uh, what, what made my first game at Arrowhead uh, just not as enjoyable as it should have been was when I'm when I'm watching the game and after every play, I'm looking for a flag. Because you just know it's coming. Oh, uh, yeah. That, it's what, 26 flags or something like that? Yeah. I think it's it was 23. But the, ridiculous. This is one a, after another. It's the just, referee group from Sunday statistically has thrown the most flags. They, like, they've thrown the most flags out of any other referee groups in the league. Which is inexcusable. Which is 17 and a half, approximately. 17 and a half flags a game. Yeah. like They I, threw six more than that. See, That's and, far too many. Andrew and I were just like, uh, half the time we were joking, like, oh, where's the flag at? Like uh, Everybody in the stands is. You're yeah, just expecting it's, it. It's exactly. the product they're it's, putting on the field right it's, now. The, it's ridiculous. Look, look, it's one thing to joke about like, hey, where's the flag every play? The bad thing is when you actually find well, yeah, it. Yeah, when it actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like... There are two at the, flags on the board. At the same time, like, you know, we talk about it, like, when we're talking about KU basketball and then K-State's going to, you know, bitch about the fouls because, you know, we had, you know, 28 free throw attempts and they had three. Maybe we're just a more physical team. Sometimes that's the case, but it's okay, in my opinion, to complain about officials without taking it to the extent that they lost the game because of it, right? Unless it's, like, truly the last play. Yeah. Because then you can say it for a fact. But all I'll say is about this issue – as it relates to the Chiefs-Texans game, it absolutely killed the Chiefs' momentum, it did. right? It doesn't necessarily mean that they lost the game, but in my opinion, they at least score three, probably score yeah. seven well, with the way they're moving the ball down the field exactly. on that play. And with that, with that, that, drive. With that um, overturn or whatever, whatever it was, it, I mean, th- they've spent at least 10 minutes trying to review that over, like just talking about it. That- okay. It's just a waste. Aaron Rodgers said after this game, talking about the calls, because people are like, oh, well, how does it feel to win on a, such a bad call from the uh, refs on your side? And he's like, well, you know, at, over years, all of these things even out. Not this year. Um, going back to however many years ago it was that there was that jump ball with Seattle that was given to Seattle that absolutely should have gone to Green Bay. I don't know if you guys know the play I'm talking about. Was if it to not, end the if, game? If not the fight. Yeah, it was like the very end of a game. It was like a Hail Mary. Yeah, and it was like one referee off. a signaling yeah, yeah, touchdown yeah, 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 and yeah. one a saying incomplete. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like it's little things like that. Like they balance themselves out over the years. How do you feel about that statement? I would generally agree with that statement, right? And I would generally agree with that statement across sports. But is it fair to like use that as justification? Not this year. It's just different this year. There's, There's got to be – I mean, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but, I mean, it seems like every game you're watching, there is at least one. No matter – you know, you, you can have no rooting interest in the game. It can be the freaking, I don't know, Cardinals and the Jets, you the know. The Packers and the Lions, I don't care about. Yeah, and there's at least two egregious calls that are just blatantly wrong, and there's no accountability for this third party that impacts so much of an NFL game. I don't know. It's just beyond ridiculous at this point. I vote we boycott and only watch the XFL. There you go. And you want to talk about that for a second? I don't have much to say about it. I, know I, have, I, had a I have literally today. nothing. Shout out Jake Heaps. Played quarterback for Kansas for years now in the league. Matt McGloin's in there. He uh, That was the year like they choked and lost the division to the Chiefs. Went 11-5. And, yeah. and then Derek Carr broke his leg and cried. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big, shout out, big shout out to uh, Landry Jones from Oklahoma and Cardale Jones from Ohio State. The Joneses. I don't know anything about. Matt McGloin was actually in Chiefs league. camp last year. He was the fourth quarterback. Really? He was the one we cut. Yeah. I don't know anything else about the XFL other than that. I literally just said all the talking. I, to I mean, I'll watch it if it's on a. There's a team in St. Louis, so like that's kind of a rooting interest. Yeah, 
if I can cheer for the Blues enough to buy a jersey, then I can. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. A Chinese jersey. Hopefully it's a Chinese jersey. It was cheap. Like no, you, you guys are way more into the blues than me. Yeah, I've watched you know, a bit guys, of every game. You guys, sure. ha- you guys have it on all the time, and so I watch and I cheer because they're local, or whatever. But my heart will ultimately lay with the Lightning, who will in- inevitably choke and let you down. Come June, for doing good. Go Bolts. <laughs> doing good. Go <laughs> I was bolts. waiting for that one. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> oh man, there's a great video of me um, during their. Uh, <laughs> oh god, what was it? Game four. During the first round last yeah, year, I, I would to, I would preface this by saying I think were, it was game three. You were I would estimate you were between like six and nine beers deep. Oh yeah, point. no, I was feeling pretty good, and I think it was game three because there was still one more. And um, one of you guys turned your camera to me, and I was just sitting there. I was like, "Hey, how are lighting doing?" I just looked at big one, doing good, go bolts. <laughs> and then they got swept by the eight seed. Yeah, they had the most points in NHL history, hundred and twenty six yeah. or thirty six or something like that. Let's do that hockey. Best regular season ever. And then got swept. It was, it was 128 because I remember looking. It was like Calgary or somebody like that who finished last in the league had like 64. So they literally doubled their points and then got swept in the playoffs. <laughs> Pretty funny. Stupid Columbus. That's Isn't that the thing? That's the best record in each league has never won the championship that year. Like the Patriots 16-0. I think it finally happened last year for someone. Didn't it? Mm, no. Did Toronto have the best record? Oh, that's I a think good question. So, I think it finally broke. But the, yeah, last but they year. never felt like the favorites, which is weird. No, because Golden well, State was in had, the Eastern Conference and all that. Golden State had Patrick McCaw, so it was unfair. I think that Patrick McCaw. It's like at least. the Mariners like won 118 games or whatever, and then didn't even make it to the World Series in 2002 or something like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just kind of weird. Okay, okay. So I was watching uh the herd. Turn on the news. And uh, Colin Coward is going through his top 10 teams, as he does. For he hierarchy had... for Tuesdays. You can't challenge him on Where this. Where Colin was wrong. Everything. Where Colin was right. Nothing. Um, anyways, he had the Chiefs at nine in his power rankings. Um, his reasoning behind that was because Patrick Mahomes has regressed. The meme we've all been joking about since the beginning of the year. Hell, since the end of last year. But his reasoning behind saying that he's regressed is because this is the first time in his career that he has faced legitimate, actual adversity between the injuries to himself and the injuries to his weapons. Okay, he didn't even acknowledge that he was hurt, though. Yeah, he did. He did? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. All right, but then Peter came on. Peter King from Sports Illustrated yeah. came on later and just totally refuted any of that. Really? He was he was like Patrick Mahomes de- deserves absolutely no blame for this. I would think actually he deserves negative blame for this. Was like the phrase he said. <laughs> so, so like he's hurt. No, Everybody know, he I knows know. is hurt. And, Col- and Colin wanted to go and he went through the list of Patrick Mahomes primetime games. Yeah, he did that last week after the Colts game. But yeah, and he has what two wins between the Bengals and the Colts in the playoffs, and like. I guess the Colts wasn't technically primetime, was it? It was a three o'clock game. Well, he said he said his sixth biggest game. His so so he fit yeah, it okay, to the okay. be the so six games that the, he wanted to so fit his, his talking yeah. point. Yeah. Um and they were all he's one in five. It didn't include the didn't include the primetime left hand comeback throw in Denver. Or yeah, that's like true. That. That's true, that's true. Um anyway, there's a whole point. Is is that f- is putting the Chiefs at number nine like a fair placement to you guys? Do you think they're better than the ninth best team in the league right now? Uh, 100% because of the injuries, but like, I understand why so many power rankings have them that low. Go but at the, 
I'm not talking like when they're healthy, but like at this moment, going into Thursday, I still would the ninth best team. I still wouldn't have them that low. I'd probably have them in the six seven neighborhood because there's there's a couple teams that are just playing well right now that are not the fifth or sixth best team in the NFL. You know, okay, like, like the Panthers, the, like the Forty like Niners. The Panthers are playing great. Yeah, they have the best running back in the league. Okay, and he's playing out of his freaking mind. Their defense is bailing him out. Kyle Allen is playing good enough. You know, like it's just. Like, come on. The Carolina Panthers are not better than the freaking Chiefs. And they're especially not going to be better at the end of the year. So, I don't know. Nine's a little low. I'd probably put him. I haven't. I don't do power rankings, so I don't know. I, sorry. Probably put him like five or six. Something like that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the five and six. Um, and the whole Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is still. He still threw 273 yards last week and had three touchdowns. Regression. Regression. The regression. week before, he had 311 yards. And one no, touchdown. No one. And the week before that, he no had no touchdowns. He's so, thrown. He's thrown one interception through six games. Look, the point and is, it shouldn't have been. A, it shouldn't just, have been an interception. The point is, he is not that good, and it's time to see what Matt Moore can do on Thursday. If Alex Smith was the quarterback right now, the Chiefs would be three, undefeated, three and three, if Unde- not two and four, undefeated. I think they would have absolutely lost the Detroit game, and they probably would have lost the Raiders game. Alex Smith would have never thrown or that the interception. Ravens game. Alex Smith never would have never thrown that interception because he would have checked it down, or thrown it, or thrown it out of bounds. If that interception is what killed our momentum, then it never would have happened because Alex Smith never would have thrown that ball in the first place. He would have thrown it to the running back. You're a fast talker. Thank you. It's all of my rapping skills. Yeah, I know. To me, though, like Cowherd, like I agree with him at some points, but he's he's just an interesting guy, and you kind of got to hear what he says, you know, because he's not he's so funny. irrational that he's like clearly a talking head, like Skip Bayless is, you know. Yeah. But at the same time. Skill. He still totally says like the crazy thing to get you to get like viewership. Just you know? to be like, like I got you skilled. Dude, stop. No way. Like I got you the Cleveland Browns were the talking point all off season. Now, currently, the regular NFL fan doesn't give a single crap about a two and four team. Period. They just don't. But Cowherd talks about him and bashes on him for an hour every single day about how Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback on the face of the planet. He doesn't talk about how they have no offensive line or how their defense, their secondary is banged up or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like he just you pick the talking points that you're gonna run with for the year and you go with it. It's like yeah, kind of ESPN it's, it's with Zion, Zion, yeah, Zion and Trey. Yeah. You That's know, exactly what I was you you, say. you you like in his head, there's no way that Patrick Mahomes could be the best quarterback in the league. He's not even a top five in his book. You know, and so he's just gonna stick to that. No matter all the evidence, he's like, look, Patrick Mahomes is really good, but he also sucks ass. So there you go. <laughs> all right, get him. So throw those shots. <laughs> Outlook for the rest of the season. You think the Chiefs are still on track to, uh, let's say, at least get to the AFC title game? Hundred percent. Come back to me when they're healthy. I wouldn't say hundred <laughs> percent. Come back to me when they're healthy. Look, the the, the point is, a couple of years ago, the team started one and five, and Jamal Charles tore his ACL, and then they won ten straight and made the playoffs and won their first playoff game in a long time. In Houston, wasn't it? Not yeah. not made, but first, I mean, because they made the playoffs the year before that. But well, but but well, the, I mean, they they made the playoffs won, and won one for the first game. time since yeah. Joe Montana's nineteen ninety four Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. And so there's plenty of time left. The season is still young, and this is a team that could theoretically go if they if it came to that could go into a wild card game and still make an AFC championship on the road. They'd have to win two road games. Yeah. I mean, they can do no, that. Well, okay, if you're a wild card game, if you're a wild card team, yeah, yeah, you have to yeah. win two. I mean, they're undefeated away right now. Or you so. could get one home wild card game and then win a road divisional game and then go to the AFC Championship. 
Yeah. I mean, it's it's not crazy. It's not impossible. And I definitely still think this is a playoff team. But yeah, I this isn't where I thought we were three weeks ago. Bottom line right now is because of the injuries. I still think this is the second best team in the AFC, which is kind of what I thought anyway. Like, at least after a couple games of the Patriots, right? The Patriots defense is the best defense that Tom Brady's ever had. You know? Yeah. It just is. It's not the best offense that he's ever had, and that's why they're not going to go 16-0. and They do have, like, looking at the second half of their schedule, we talked about it last year, or last week, they they do have some tougher opponents, including the Chiefs and, like, the Texans and stuff. But, um, I mean, at this point, Chiefs already have two losses, and the Patriots are probably going to lose two or three. That's going to be it. You know, they get the Bills twice, they get the Dolphins twice, they get the Jets twice. So, we'll see. Um, but I think the Chiefs will end up still being at least the division winner because part of this, as I have on the outline here, is that the division is not good right now. I don't I don't have it pulled up. Can one of you guys pull it up? I know the Chargers are 2-4 and four now with a big Sunday loss to the third-string quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and, like, the Raiders pulled off a good win against the, the, the Bears two weeks ago. And then the... The Broncos are also two and four, I think, but but they're a lot worse two and four than the Chargers are. Like the Chargers yeah. have everybody hurt. Derwin James is hurt. Yeah. Keenan Allen's kind of banged up, so and they're just getting Melvin Gordon back. So we'll see what happens with them. But I, I mean, a, a big takeaway from this is honestly, it was like all the national pundits, except for like Peter Schrager, had the Chargers winning the AFC West with like twelve or thirteen wins, and here they are sitting at two and four, doing the same thing they do every year because they're pretenders every year and they play in a soccer stadium. So, I think this division, honestly, it's kind of over. And I mean, seriously, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, the Chiefs are winning the AFC West. He is. He is hurt. Unless he like can't play a game. Period. Yeah, the like Chiefs are winning. Like if his leg falls off. Sure. That will that be considered hurt if you lose a leg. So, so the first goal of this season is to win the AFC West. Yeah. Next goal is to win the AFC in the regular season. Next goal to to host the AFC title game. Next goal, win that, go to the Super Bowl. Okay. So, are they still on track to win the AFC West? Absolutely. I um, believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just not concerned with this division, which gets us into the outlook for this week. Thursday night prime time, kind of. I guess everybody plays on Thursday. So, does it count as prime time? I don't know. It's the only game going on, so technically, maybe. I think a night a night game is prime time. Joe Buck won't be calling it though. I don't think. Cause Shout out Joe deal. Buck. He's busy with boring ass baseball. So God, fake sport. Yep. So Denver Thursday night mile high. We always kind of struggle there, except for that year that uh, Peyton Manning only threw forty one yards and broke the uh, like you know career passing record, and then like was hurt for like ten more games, and then came back and won the Super Bowl, and I was retired, a, and is the greatest quarterback. I was actually time. talking about that game earlier today mm-hmm. with uh, Daryl Stuckey. Really, humble Sweet. name drop, uh, because he's talking about how he's going. He's going to go sit in Chris Harris's box. Um, oh, on Thursday, yeah, Sweet. He's, he's going. He's going to sit in Chris Harris's. So he's freaking suite. rooting for the Broncos, huh? Yeah, he said he fake would, fan. He, well, he played for the Chargers like his entire <laughs> career, so he said he'll never cheer for the Chiefs. What? But he'll cheer for. But the he Broncos? got dominated by Peyton Manning. Yeah, but his best friend is on the Chargers. Okay. Or, sorry, the Broncos. Fair enough. And he played for the Chargers. Ooh. I don't understand. I mean, I completely understand why he wouldn't want to cheer for the Chiefs. Fair enough. Yeah, just I, I just wanted to no, throw okay. that. I just wanted to throw a humble, like, humble brag, no, my take name drop. From- like, I was just casually talking with <laughs> Daryl Stuckey earlier today, and we were talking about I mean, I talk my, my, my takeaway from that is, like, the Chiefs are what the Broncos were with Peyton Manning right now. It's like, God damn it. The freaking the Chiefs are coming into town. Patrick Mahomes. We're going to lose. We'll be competitive for three quarters, but we're gonna lose. He's gonna lead the comeback. That's what happens. Like the, what are, what I think are the, the Chiefs. What are were, the jerseys? 
red, white, red. Okay, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> if it was all I'm white, we're screwed. All red. But literally, that game we were just talking about, yeah. that was the only time we beat Peyton Manning. Yeah. We I were 1-7 s- against him I want to see at, a, while he was the Broncos quarterback. I want to see an all-red, all-orange game. Well, considering the Broncos don't have orange pants, unless they're in color rush. That's what I'm saying. Um, but those are stupid. And yeah. So I vote never. I, I don't care about uniforms. Ross, that was a ridiculously stupid statement. Um, yeah, but I'm just going to go ahead. All red versus... All red versus all orange would be Sigley. extremely terrible, and I think it's time you just retire from this podcast. It was nice having you. It'll go back to well, you I never got a for another 30 episodes okay. until we convince someone else to do this. All right. So, keys to the game for me. Have Sammy Watkins. Have a couple of man beaters. You know, having Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill on the field. There you go. You have Sammy Watkins. You have Travis Kelsey. You got guys that can beat man, and then you throw tri- uh, Tyreek Hill in there. You got the game breaker. Chiefs offense will be back if they can do that. Dump uh, off to LaShawn, dump off to Damian. They, I, they did say that they are not going to, like, change. You know, like, the, Eric Bieniemy and Eric and Andy Reid were talking about how, like, we still 100% trust in Patrick Mahomes. Our, rough, our offense runs through him. He is the MVP of the league. We trust him. So, what I got from that and what kind of everybody on Chiefs media said is that, like, they're still going to, I mean, they're still going to pass the ball. And, like, the advanced analytics say that it's absolutely more advantageous yeah. to like yeah. run to throw the ball on first down and yeah. everything like that. So I just want to see some more creative play calling out of Andy. I feel like so much of what happened last year has disappeared with the misdirections using Tyreek and the motions and getting defenses all flustered before the play even Part starts. of that's being healthy, but yeah. And, but but he's back now. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, because they, they really I weren't doing it with McColl. They didn't do it with McColl at all, and I didn't see any on Sunday, really. Like... Do you think Tyreek Hill running in a straight line in the backfield isn't going to put him at any risk? I mean, it's because he was he was there for half. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. What did you, what'd you say? Forty three percent of the forty seven. Yeah. Forty seven. It's I, I just I want to see more of that. See think, some jet touch passes yeah. or some fake jet touch passes where he shovel passes it I down to we'll Travis see, Kelsey. I think we'll see more of that. Well, but I, I mean, when so, you get to the trickery back, when you get to the eight yard line, you have to watch out for the Travis Kelsey, you know, post or the the. Sammy Watkins fade, and then you can do the little touch pass yeah. to Tyreek Hill because they're, the defense actually has to pay attention to your secondary receivers. Yeah. It's not Byron Pringle they're worrying about. I just I need to see a little bit of creativity back on what's, Thursday. What's everybody uh, everybody th- uh, think of Travis Kelsey this year? I think he's been – I said this before the season. <laughs> I know I said it on the first episode when we were talking about contracts. Travis Kelsey is, is reaching the end of his career as a tight end. Tight ends don't last just like running backs. It's one of the it's one of the most deteriorating. It lasts longer, but yeah, they last longer than running backs. But I mean, you see what happened to Gronk, the who was at one point the best tight end in the league, retired incredibly young because he was always injured. Travis Kelsey is still top ten in receiving yards this year. No, he's. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from Travis, but I'm saying he is. He's reaching the point. He's not to, the fresh faced baby to, Travis that to, he was at one point when he was pretending to do things to refs. Yeah, Ross, to answer your question this year. For for this year, it's like it's just Travis Kelsey who plays this position, right? Like he's always so much better because every year that Travis Kelsey has been one of the best tight ends in the league, he's had Tyreek Hill on the other side, right? And even when it was Alex Smith not throwing the ball more than twenty yards down the field to him, that's still game breaking speed that opens up Travis Kelsey for seven yards over the middle, and you can get those yards after catch, you know, that he's so good at. So I don't know, I, I Travis Kelsey's fine. But it's just you have to have all three of those weapons on the field he's, to complement. He's he's fine, other. but he's also not what he was three years ago. Can I ask something one, one more thing before we move on? Um, what what does what does Sammy Watkins bring to our offense and more distractions? Yeah. For, you saw for, it against for, Jacksonville. He he he's a top twenty receiver in this league when he's healthy, which is rare. But he for how big he is, 
he is like one of the fastest receivers in the league. That's what everybody talks about him. All the DBs that go up against him are like, dang, for a dude that's 6'3", I did not expect him to be as fast. And it's like, he's arguably as fast as Tyree Kill. He's not. But, like, you know what I mean? It's the same kind of game-breaking speed. He can beat anybody off the line. See, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, um, I believe, I think it was like last Tyreek's year. Tyreek's top hill. Ty- Tyreek's top hill. Tyreek's top speed is faster, but their acceleration is very similar. But, see, it's, yeah, yeah, like, the bottom point, like, the guarding him as a DB, it looks the same. Yeah. See, um... Like, Except that was, dude's was, taller and can go up against, and get the ball. I think it was against New England. Um, they're talking about like who who they're who they're going to double team, and they, that's who they pick. They pick Sammy Watkins to double team. They were going to they were yeah because Tyreek's going to get his no you're matter not what. Gonna exactly. go, you're not going to go. You're not going to go. You saw that, it in the first touchdown against the Texans. Double leaves, covered. He do he just yeah, still went up. It's like seriously yeah. like when they're healthy. The only times that Tyreek Hill has a bad game, especially like from a fantasy standpoint, is when like somebody goes off. You know, yeah. it's not it's not because Tyreek played a bad game. It's because Sammy Watkins had 212 yards. Yeah, you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And that leaves Tyreek and uh, Travis Kelsey. Just the oh, more weapons yeah. you have, exactly. the less the defense can focus yeah. on one guy and allows everyone to be better. I think that's the biggest thing Sammy Watkins brings to the team is just the ability to stretch the field even more. Mm hmm. Yeah. Because then if you put your energy on Tyreek and Travis, Sammy's going to go off. If you put your energy on Sammy and Travis, Tyreek's going to go off. I'm mm-hmm. excited. All right, so just a quick little preview of the Broncos. They are 2-4. and four. Um, Joe Flacco is their quarterback, which is a joke to me. Um, their O-line is terrible. Their D-line's got a couple names. Von Miller, obviously. But, I mean, they're just not a good football team. I'm, I'm not, like, intimidating by the fact that they, you know, but I'm not, I'm not intimidated about anything the Denver Broncos bring to the table. The only reason I have any worry going into this game is strictly inside the Chiefs building right now. Yeah. You know, it's, if they can get healthy, if they can do what they did all last year, if they can stop the run, right? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So with that being said, do you guys have anything to say about the Broncos or anything else about the Chiefs in general? Um, no, I'm ready to predict this thing. All right, go for it. I'm going to let you guys go first. All right, Ross, you got one? Oh, okay. Um, yes, I do have one. Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I think we're going to break the 26 this week. I'm going to go with uh, 31 Chiefs, 17 Broncos. Cam, you got one? I do. Do All you right. want me to go before you? Go for it, yep. I think that um, the short week hurts. Interesting. I think that for a team that already has a ton of injury issues, not getting your full five, six days to recover is going to be detrimental. I think that Kansas City is going to go into Denver and lose 24 to 21. Okay. Why? I don't trust them. But, I mean, what what specifically in the game? What are we going to be talking about on next week's podcast that they did wrong again? What are, what are we talking about? Lack of offense. Couldn't stop the run. And if you stop the run, you're going to get beat passing. Okay. I agree that the offense is not healthy and they're not going to ball out against a solid Denver pass rush. Denver was trashed last year and we still almost lost there. And Yeah. And they're going to get killed on time of possession again. But this Denver team is just playing bad right now. Right? Even if Denver, to me, is on the, on the field for 35 minutes, or even if it's 40 minutes like the Texans were, they're not Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, no, they're so, elite Joe Flacco, exactly, and stud so, Lindsey. While I agree with your point of like why you would say that, at least to my prediction, I'm going to say the Chiefs win the game, twenty six to twenty four. Let's go. Okay. All right, 
it's, I mean, it's going to be all rushing touchdowns. They're going to kick a couple field goals. Another important factor here is that, like, no matter how bad the team is, the Broncos are like the Yankees or somebody like that that's always got the Super Bowl expectations, even when Joe Flacco's their quarterback. So, like, it's always a hostile environment. <laughs> you know, it's it's always a hostile environment. It is. And, and we they hate us. Struggle there. And they hate us. They hate us. They hate us more than we hate them. It's like K State in basketball. Yep. Even when they're not that good, we're still going to struggle. What it like feels get? like a little brother complex, but they're absolutely the big brother, like in terms of history. Not this year, but yeah. So that uh, that's a kind of a cool little piece, though. It's like going into Denver being like, hey, we're actually the better team. Like for once in our like 60-year history of this rivalry, we're actually the better team going to Denver. That's kind of crazy. That is. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything else to talk about? I, I put the Super Bowl bubble on here, but we kind of already talked about that. Yeah. I just got the Patriots, Seahawks, Ravens, Rams, 49ers, and Chiefs. Because, like, there's so much parity in the league right now that, yeah. you know, the Rams are, or the 49ers are 5-0. I think the league's a toss-up right now, and it's still too early to tell. I think once we start getting to week, week 9, week 10, we'll be able to start to see a clear picture. There'll be a couple contests for wild card, but the, the leaders are going to start to emerge yeah. a little later and, in the and season. To, and to me, aside from the Patriots. And to me, today, all the league did was get even more even. The Ravens, who are already one of the better defenses in the league, Got one of the better cornerbacks in the league in Marcus Peters. And the Rams turned around and got the best corner in the league in Jalen Ramsey from the Jaguars. Yeah. I think that the uh It just it got even more even today. I, I think the two I think the two best teams in the league though are the Patriots and the Saints. Yeah. The Saints have looked I mean, great with Teddy Bridgewater. They're three. Still. They're three. Yep. So um Playing that's where I'm at right though. now as far as the Their defense outlook. is stout. Yeah. All right. Anything else to talk about, you guys? Do not have anything to say. Nah, I'm good. All right, so we got two and one here on this podcast for our predictions for the Chiefs next week. We'll see what happens. Um, once again, if you uh, if you made it this far, make sure to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and Spotify. Um, send us questions on Twitter next time so that we please can have some interaction. Mm-hmm. And if we uh, hit 10 questions next episode... We'll do a giveaway. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Spoken into existence. We'll do, we'll do a giveaway. Um, I'm really hoping that next week we can pull off this guest. Yeah. That would be huge. Yeah, Let's make it work. Fun. Um, thank you guys for listening. Y'all the best. Go Chiefs. <laughs>